Yo, Savage, you think you're so smart, man. You try to throw a curveball to us, man. You bring in Mr. Perfect. Well, nothing's changed, man. We still ready to survive. I walked in your shadow. No. I walked in your footsteps. Perfect, you and Savage, remember the name of the game. It's called Surviving. <laughs> the perfect team. I walked in your footsteps. Get out of your mind. Welcome to the Wrestling House Show Super Show. My name is Chris. And my name is Joey. And this is another in our series of retro reviews. Tonight, we have a special request, Joey. Yes. So, yes. Uh, we, uh, we're venturing off the road of where we're at right now and yes. uh, kind of going into the future of the timeline yes. we're currently in. We're going back to the future? Is, is that appropriate for this? It actually is, in yeah. a sense, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, someone has taken us up on our request to message us. I mean, I was kind of kidding, but right. uh, you know, I no, I'm 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 actually kidding about that. Right. Uh, no, uh, thank you to whoever requested this show. I think uh, what's his name, Chris? His name is Nick. Oh, he hello, Nick. Yes, thank you, Nick, for your request. So, yes, of course, if you are a listener of the Wrestling House Show, the Super Show, or anything else we do that you can find on CNJRadio.com, you are always more than welcome to make requests for shows for us to watch. If we can get a hold of it. This one was easy. It was on the network. I believe it was actually put up around the time that he requested it, which was a few weeks ago at this point. Yeah, it's the most recent addition as of this recording yeah. to the Hidden Gems collection, which is, it's hidden. It, re it really is. Like, yeah. when you go on the network, for those of you that have it, go to All Shows. And once you do that, it's usually at the top there somewhere. There's actually a sub all show show all thing, uh -huh. but don't go to that because then hidden gems will kind of disappear. Uh -huh. At least on the one that I use. Yeah, you use the PS4 app, yeah. right? Yeah. Actually, I've using, been using the, been Roku the Roku more lately. Okay. Yeah, because it's way better. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it is. Uh, but they all have their flaws. But, yeah, they're all a little different. But speaking of flaws, let's get into the show. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Joey's going to be... The he's going to have a fun time on this bad one. Bad guy. Yeah, that's, that's appropriate. Yeah. But yes, uh, Nick did request that we do the Survivor Series Showdown from 1992. Yeah. Aired on November 22nd, was taped on October 26, 1992, at the Prairie Capital Convention Center in Springfield, Illinois. So it was taped almost a full month prior to the airing and it aired what two three days before survivor series yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so and they had some fixing to do with their car yeah. uh, as we found out kind of with all the extra stuff they got added to yeah it. <laughs> that's the really neat thing uh this isn't the first of these shows either there yeah. had been a few other survivor series showdowns prior to this yes i don't think they're on the network though no and they should be because they're they're better honestly yeah uh i remember it as far back as 1989 mm -hmm. they definitely did one for that and mm. so that's I'm going to say that's the earliest one they did. Probably, it was like a th there, there were like, what, four or five of them, I think? Yeah. And the the cool thing about the first one I ever saw in 89, I believe they also did this in 1990, is that they were still doing all traditional Survivor Series matches. Mm -hmm. So what they would basically do is they'd build up the show, of course, as you would want to do. And I believe they had at least one match to represent each match at Survivor Series yeah. where they'd have a one-on-one -on -one match. You know? Yeah. And they were always the not the people that were feuding with each other. So they weren't paying off any feuds. Yeah, it's so they were, that way. Yeah, they yeah. just kind of mix and match here. So they're really neat, and they should be on the network. Uh, so that's my memory of that. As far as, like, uh, I was going to ask you, we, we do this sometime, Chris. Mm -hmm. So since we're kind of going to a different year than we've been doing, no. where were you at this point as a fan? Were you watching it all at this point? 92, yes. 
uh, because yeah, my some of my earliest memories, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage. So it was I was watching by this point already. I'd been watching for a few years. Okay, um, so you didn't lapse out by this point. A lot of people did. That's no, what I was asking. it's it's pretty close. I think to where I stopped watching. Yeah, I don't think I made it to the start of Raw when I was watching like regularly. Gotcha. I'm actually positive I didn't. Yeah. And because I remember not Ross, but WCW and yeah. seeing like Hogan there and it was like, what is this is weird. Yeah, you know? I was getting real close. Like yeah. Raw actually brought me back. Like, really? like I was always watching here and there, but I definitely yeah. wasn't catching every show that weekend. Yeah, I don't think I was either. And I but I definitely made sure I did see all the Saturday yeah. Night's main events when they would happen. Yeah. So I remember the Saturday Night's main event build up to the, the Survivor Series, which we're going to get to at some point here. Yeah. So they almost got me to stop watching just because, you know, I guess they were just doing the thing they did before Raw. They were really going through the motions, in my yeah. opinion. There were some cool things going on, like like Razor Ramon, his stuff intrigued me. I was like, yeah. oh, it's a new guy, you know, and even though he was a b- bad guy, sure. as I said before, mm. you know... I actually was pretty drawn to the character. This is kind of like the beginning of the first year where I was like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter who I root for. No, right. <laughs> I just have to like the character and the wrestling ability. Like, it was kind of becoming that for yeah. me. Yeah. And Yokozuna was on the horizon. That was a great character. Yeah, I was still watching when Yokozuna was around. I don't, mm. I don't remember how far into it. I get a little bit confused. Because of going back to watch all this stuff, sure. I, I get it kind of mixed up in my brain. Plus, I was still playing like all the video games and stuff. So yeah. those guys, even if I didn't watch all the actual live shows, I was playing the game so much that I felt like I knew these people that were in the games and the music and everything. And I, I think that kind of mixes it up in my brain too. So I don't remember exactly where that cutoff was because I I love the games even if yeah. I wasn't watching. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. So. Yeah, we're in this weird period for WWE, WWF at the time. Prime time's about to die out and Raw's about to take over. So I think I've delayed this show as much as possible. (laughs) Let's get to the show, Chris. All right. Well, we have good news. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan doing the calls. That's always good. Man, they're they're definitely just like... I I, I don't want to say autopilot is a bad thing, but you can tell they're definitely just working with each other and they know exactly what each other's going to say before they say it. Yeah, I don't think autopilot's necessarily the right word, but they have a good rapport. Yeah, exactly. And sadly, we're kind of getting to the end of the team. Like, uh, Heenan would make the initial Raws. Like, he would be on those shows, but it wasn't too long after the start of Raw that he'd be out and moving on to WCW. So it was definitely the end of an era. Uh, and Gorilla got to fire him on air. That was definitely a great mm, payoff. Nice. So we'll get to that at some point. But yeah, they're in the booth. Yes. They'll they'll have uh, a few guests here and there throughout yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, let's just get to the beginning of the show, actually. All right. Well, Mike McGurk makes the call for the opening match. She would be on the ring announcing all night. The opening match of the night is the Repo Man versus Tatanka. Yeah, a decent start, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect from the special because I could tell you I definitely... Did not see this when it first aired. Really? So I had no knowledge of this show at all. Yeah. I think I actually maybe saw a match or two of it like on one of the other shows, like yeah. All American Wrestling or something like that. But yeah, not a bad start. So I figured they were going to have at least some decent marquee matches throughout here. At least semi-main events, uh, TV main events, as yeah. I like to say. And this is kind of one of those matches. Because yeah. the Repo Man wasn't going to be beating the undefeated Native American Tataka Because right. Tataka was red hot at this yeah. point. And already on to a big match here at Survivor Series against Rick Martel, who did a very despicable thing 
by stealing his uh, sacred feathers yes. and modeling them yes. and spraying <laughs> arrogance on them so they wouldn't smell anymore. That was an oh, actual yeah. thing that he did. Oh, okay. oh yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. I, I liked Sanka back then when I was watching. I liked him a lot, actually. Oh, yeah. He was probably one of my favorite guys to play yeah. in the Royal Rumble video game, speaking of that. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, this match, was it was all right. Yeah. It went on a little long, I think. There was a lot of kind of dancing around the ring kind of stuff here and there. But yeah, it was that's, fine. That's not nice to say about Tatanka. But that's what he does. It's like <laughs> yeah, called no, a ring dance. No, I know. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was all right. Yeah. Not too bad. An okay warm-up for the night. And with that out of the way, we moved on. And we got to see the, the one thing that they were building up mostly between the breaks, or the biggest match I think, was that tag team match. Yeah. It was Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. Yeah. So this segment here we got to see Mean Gene talking with Savage and Perfect. Yeah. And Perfect was actually a replacement in that yeah. match. Yeah. So as of the taping of the show, yeah. the match was still going to be the Ultimate Maniacs, which yes. was the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage, who were all of a sudden kind of getting along for the greater good. Even though Warrior retired Savage the year before at Mania, they seemed to be getting along. And they even had a series of matches against each other once Savage came out of retirement to wrestle Ric Flair and beat him for the title. All of a sudden, Warrior's contending for his title. They have a, actually a pretty good match at SummerSlam in England mm -hmm. also. So they're coming off of that. So basically, Flair ruins that match for them, in a sense. They, they kind of stick their nose in it yeah. uh, in a weird way. Man, that's a whole other thing we should get into when we review that show. Yeah, that's that's the... Yeah, yeah. so the fact that Warrior and Savage were teaming up, that was weird in and of itself. But now it's like, okay, now Savage doesn't have a partner. And they actually planted the seed for this during the Saturday Night's main event that preceded this show. Mm -hmm. But as of this taping, it's still Warrior Savage right. to the actual live crowd. Yeah. And they kind of build that up for the live crowd. But on TV, the Warrior's not in the picture. Right. That's they, what makes... He's not, them... not even mentioned on the show. Oh, yeah. Because this would be, like, really the the thing that would end their relationship for another four years. Uh -huh. Like, he started... He was no-showing. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, I'm sure demanding some more money. Sure. So, he's out. And now they got to build up... They, they basically had to build up Perfect as the partner over like a week and change mm. to sell Survivor Series. Yeah. So crazy stuff. Yeah. And you got the built-in thing with Flair anyway. So, I mean, it's yeah. easy to build that match up really quickly. Sure. And Heenan definitely saved that entire match because of their yeah. performance they had on primetime where right. Perfect was like, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? Yeah. I've been on the bench way too long. And he kind of was like, they put me to sleep and now I'm back. Right. Like, so that yeah. was really it. And in yeah. truth, Perfect had a back injury, so he had to actually spend a year on the shelf for that reason. Oh, well. So he, but he, they used his time wisely. Yeah. And of course, you don't want to take this guy off TV. Yeah. So having him as Flair's advisor, you know, yeah. it was a good idea. Yeah. So. That leads us into the second match of the night, which was the Brooklyn Brawler versus Marty Jannetty. Yes, and I, I, you know, I think I've seen Steve Lombardi win more matches than the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> so once he became the Brooklyn Brawler, he didn't really win right. as much as far as what I've seen. Yeah. So you can obviously guess how this match goes. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Marty actually back from either injury or storyline injury, you know, with the, the barbershop thing. Yeah. So we're just, uh, and, and Sean has just won the Intercontinental title at this point, so... That's a ready-made feud. Yeah. But weirdly enough, they're not going with that for Survivor Series. They're having Shawn Michaels hot shot all the way up to the world title contention yeah. against Bret Hart. So yeah. 
real interesting booking. I want to say weird and almost kind of premature in a way. Yeah, maybe. I think they were trying to capitalize on something they knew was going to be great, maybe. I don't know. Sure. I mean, it's been so long since I've seen all these like in context. I can't really yeah. say for sure. But yeah. yeah, but in a way, I'm kind of glad they saved it because you know it could have been one of those things where fate could have taken over and maybe the yeah. match wouldn't have been as good between yeah. Sean and Marty. But they had uh, two classics at the Royal Rumble and a couple of matches they had on the early versions of Raw. Yeah. So, regardless, they happened and they were great. Yeah. So, yeah. Marty beats the brawler. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Yes. Uh, and important to note that Doink the Clown was in the crowd starting with this match. And yes. He would appear throughout the night, sometimes in the crowd, kind of messing with fans. Sometimes he was in the aisle, so he was over the barricade and messing with people. Yeah, so he obviously was allowed to be there yeah, since he right. wasn't just in the crowd. Like, yeah. he could have gotten away with that. They weren't even calling him Doink at this point. Yeah. And... Yeah, but at least he was showing up during matchups where there wasn't a whole lot of intrigue. Right. I believe he showed up, for sure, in this match, like you said, and during a, a later match where it's definitely a squash. Yeah. So, yeah. Entertaining enough. Marty was, I mean, Marty was really good still at this point. I yeah, guess, uh, yeah. It was real crisp. Yeah, it was, I liked it fine. Yeah. And then you were talking about Shawn Michaels. After that, we got to see Shawn Michaels join Bobby Heenan in Gorilla Monsoon. And they were talking about his upcoming match. And another one of the big narratives throughout the night was the British Bulldog, even though he wasn't on this show. <laughs> right. Uh, but... Because he was actually kind of fired by this point, oh, really enough. Like, like him and the Warrior both got fired at the same time. Yeah. Uh, for kind of the same reasons, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's just say. You could probably guess. Yeah. Uh, but it's important to keep the Bulldog in the narrative, like you said. Yeah. So yeah, they were, Sean was talking with uh, Gorilla and Heenan, and they actually showed the entire match that Sean had with the Bulldog at Saturday Night's Main Event. Yeah. But we are not going to be talking about that match. We are not going to rank that within this show because we will eventually get to the Saturday Night's Main Event yeah. and talk about it then. I figured that's fair. We're not cheapening yeah. the request here by doing yeah. that just because it's, it's a rerun at this point, yeah, so it doesn't belong on this yeah, show. Yeah, it's not a match for yeah. this show. Although, of note, if you like that match a lot, if you're just a fan of all parties involved, mm. the neat thing about the inclusion of this on the network for this special is it's alternate commentary. So oh, cool. you get to hear Heenan, Monsoon, and Sean actually call the match. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so it's it's a good way to have a promo while showing one of his greatest achievements yeah. up to this point. So. Kind of neat. You don't yeah. see it too often. If you're gonna replay a match, then yeah, because like on any show where I see they're replaying, even most are part of a match. Fast forward, yeah. skip, skip, skip. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. so it's a little different in that yeah, yeah. respect. Yeah. And then after that, uh, Harvey Whippleman was out there, and he was. What did he say to Mike McGurk? Oh man. Yeah. So everybody, whether it was Fink or McGurk, they would always show a lot of disdain for Harvey. Yeah. They're you know rightfully it, so. Yes, because he was a piece of crap. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, as a character. I, yes. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm, I'm, I've heard he's a really nice guy in real yeah. life. But he was just like, treat me with more respect. And if you ever say it that way again, I'm going to beat you up. Like, I'm going to pop you in the mouth. Like, yeah. And the best part about going back and watching this segment is that he says that. Mike McGurk was like, really? You just said that? Mm. And then they flash to this other yeah. woman in the crowd. And she was like... Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> she just loses it. It's good. so great. So I mean, hey, why not? It's 
I mean, it's it's a terrible thing to say, but yeah. he definitely got the heat he wanted, I right, guess. I mean, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> and then that leads us right into the next match, which is Kamala with Kim Chi versus Red Tyler. Yes. So, and crazy, man, as of this recording, yeah. uh, Kamala passed away like as of this week. So yeah. it's just really sad. So this took on like a different meaning because I, I didn't expect him to show up. I forgot this was the build up to the first ever casket match. Mm. This is the first ever casket match, by the way. Oh. I was telling you when we were watching this, Chris, that they used to have body bag matches when Undertaker first showed up, yeah. but none of them ever aired on television. Yeah, for some reason to me that seems more morbid. Like a coffin <laughs> feels like a fantasy kind of thing, sure. like gothic horror stuff. Yeah. It's not real, but it's a like, body bag feels like there's a dead person there. Yeah, exactly. It's like a TARDIS versus the gallows, you know, or something <laughs> sure. like that. It's like that. It's definitely an extreme, you yeah, know. So, yeah. so yeah, I remember when that crazy bit where the warrior got locked in the casket on the funeral parlor. I'll yeah. never forget that. Yeah. And so I used to read in PWI that they would have body bag matches and take her beat him all the time in these matches yeah. so like it's wild like uh, warrior lost that feud he just didn't lose it on television oh, well, <laughs> so, yeah. uh yeah so kamala is gonna roll over this guy like literally because you know they're still doing the bit where he doesn't know how to pin the guy oh, yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so he rolled on top of them yes <laughs> yeah he rolled him onto his back and then he rolled him over again on his yeah. stomach that's always <laughs> funny high comedy Worked every time. He yeah. pretty much it's pretty much the same Kamala match you'd see all year. Yeah, but it was fun. It's always fun. Yeah. I, I like Kamala. Yeah. So and I guess the yeah the brawler had to get changed real quick after his match. <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because he's Kimchi, by the way, in case anybody didn't realize yes. that. So yeah. And then we did get a little bit of build up with the Undertaker and Kamala, and we yeah. got to see Undertaker a few times during the night building building the uh, the casket. And yeah. Everything. So. And so that that's the other cool thing about Undertaker. I'm sure he had some squash matches on TV at this point that they were showing, but you know, you could film all these promos in one day and th- that's what it was. They would show like basically the building evolution of the coffin. Yeah. So he'd start with like the wood shaving and yeah. then move on to hammering and welding the next week and yeah. then finally we're almost done like obviously they filmed all that in one day and they would show it over the course of like a whole month on you know these weekend shows so this was just like the best of of them yes and then the next match up was irs who was a tag team champion at the time with jimmy hart in his corner versus the earthquake i thought this match was pretty good yeah two really good guys in there but as far as like the teams like i liked to hate money inc Uh, the natural disasters i always just didn't like when i was younger sure uh mostly because of typhoon because i would i never forgave him for for turning from yeah. stopping being tugboat and yeah. becoming typhoon i never forgave him for that oh yeah i i loved tugboat too when i was yeah. a kid yeah when he became typhoon it was the worst yeah. hated him hated him hated him yeah I, I i don't think i ever forgave him either yeah. i i was more inclined to forgive earthquake really enough and yeah. he almost killed hogan you're right yeah. <laughs> like like earthquake was definitely more of a dick to yeah. hogan than typhoon was yeah but for some reason i think because earthquake was kind of cooler he had a so, cooler yeah. move set he was more fun to watch in the ring. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. It's okay to cheer for him. I'm now. sure that's what it was for me yeah. too, yeah. And he set on guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, watching the setup for, for his finishing move was great. So yeah. you can't not like him. Yeah. So, and, you know, not a bad wrestler. People don't give him a lot of yeah. credit. I mean, he's not the best ever, but... Yeah. Uh, Rotunda kind of could claim to be one of those guys. He's definitely one of the technical wizards of his time. Right. So... This match probably shouldn't have been great, but yeah. it was pretty damn watchable. It was good, yeah. Yeah. 
Then right by the debut of the butthead, by the way, on the finish. The, uh, oh, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Heenan has his uh, John Madden type uh, uh, telestrator, you know, so yeah. he uh, showed the debut of the butthead. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was super fun. <laughs> uh, right after that, we got to see the Big Boss Man versus Barry Horowitz. Because the Big Boss Man has a match coming up yeah. with an ex-con named Nails. Yeah. But, and that's what they were hyping up throughout the night. But this was, this match was, eh. Yeah, it was, you know, Barry Horvitz bumping around and Big Boss Man beat him. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can really say, right? Yeah, right. That's pretty much it. it <laughs> yeah. Was, it was, yeah. Then right after that, we got to see Mean Gene with Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. So it's yeah. the other side of the tag team match. They got to talk and Razor did his thing. It was neat watching like Razor and Flair do like promo back to back because they're so different in how they do their promos. Yeah. So it was really fun to watch. Yeah. Razor really laid back yeah. really early on in the gimmick and Flair's incensed because yeah. Perfect has now turned his back on him. Yeah. Or Arnold benedicted him as yeah. Razor said yeah. so eloquently. <laughs> uh but yeah, and also just knowing kind of the history of these guys later, mm. like how they interacted with each other in the next company. Sure. And how they didn't probably really get along all that well. Sure, yeah. And so it's just weird to see them as a unit here. It is. It is odd to see them next to each other. I guess I just, I liked when, after Razor did his thing, which is cool, then Flair, he always he always kind of ramps up into his promos. Yeah. And he did so in this one as well. And then <laughs> the camera was close on him, but then by the time he gets to where he's taking off his jacket and moving around and like slapping his arms and whatever... Yeah. You can see Razor beside him. He's doing the come on, come on, like yeah. beside him, and the camera goes goes kind of wide. It's just it was fun. It looked yeah, they were it looked like they were posing out of a video game because they were just kind of <laughs> beside each other doing yeah. that. That's what it looked like yeah. to me. Three more victories till the tag title. Exactly, match. <laughs> that's what it looked like. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was cool. It was fun. Yeah, and it, I gotta say, it made me want to watch that tag match. Like yeah. so, the show did accomplish that. Yeah, it made me want to watch their double main event. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So it's it's succeeding on that end at least. And it's even if I'm not enjoying the show overall. <laughs> and yeah, it's it did all that without any of the in ring action doing it. It was all done in promos or like videos or stuff like that because yeah. they didn't they didn't have the match when the in ring action was going on. Yeah. And here's number one hundred and sixty seven of me saying over and over again that the video truck guys, the editors are the true MVPs of that company. Yeah. As is most companies, you know, but for something like this, especially, yeah. where you're building up a show like this, yeah. and you don't have a lot in the in ring product, right? Like, those guys were definitely just killing it with what they were given. Right. So, hats off to them. Yeah, for sure. And then your main event of the night for the Survivor Series showdown was the Head Shrinkers versus. I never got their names. Yeah, they never said what their names were. I didn't yeah. go down in the little chapter listing thing yeah. to get their names, so I apologize as a co-host. I didn't <laughs> do my job there because I could have easily done that. Yeah. But they never announced them, and usually Gorilla's good about saying that. Yeah. Uh, Heenan will not sell that, yeah, <laughs> but <right>. that's the <laughs> idea. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, i got to say, if you're going to watch a squash match from this era, you could do a lot worse than the Head Shrinkers, sure. SST. Yeah. They're so fun to watch, and their stuff just looks great. Yeah. And, man, that splash every time. It gets me every single sure. time. Every single pound of that guy <laughs> goes on that guy. Right. And, and that was really just because, and I don't even know if this was planned at the time of the taping of this, but 
they are promoting a match that the Head Shrinkers are going to have on the pay per view. Um, it was like a bonus match. It was oh, like really? they're going to face like high energy. Uh, oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like they managed to do that. No, but yeah. I, I bet you at the time that match was not even thought of. A month out, yeah, probably not. <laughs> so yeah, so once again, the uh, the truck wins. Yes, <laughs> and and the Head Shrinkers. Yes, and this was the, one of the other matches that Doink was in, and this is where he was in the crowd. So yeah. it was cool though, because like I mean, this happened a lot in this time before he became Doink, I guess, or yeah. they announced him as it. Yeah, I remember that. Just him hanging out in the crowd and they didn't they talked about him but they were like they didn't he didn't do anything. He was yeah. just he was just there. I thought that was cool. Yeah, at this point he's not even doing the evil stuff yet. Yeah. Like as the weeks would go on and he'd stay in the crowd, he would start doing kind of the jerky stuff. Yeah. So they really it's a really great build. Yeah. You know, like I said, I I think Doink definitely gets forgiven in retrospect. Because, like, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's the commentary on it's the WWF circus. Right. Because of all the characters. And yeah. I'm sure that's why they did this. Because yeah. they're like, okay, we'll give them a circus. Right. You know, and I, I kind of dig that they kind of turned it around yeah. on the journalists and their harshest critics. Sure. And because they put it on a great wrestler, and it's a great character. I will say that. Yeah. Every time he shows up in these, sure, I will say yeah. that every time. Just like the commentators, they put him over as a great scientific wrestler because he freaking was. Yeah, they didn't have to make those kind of lies up yeah. just to put him over. He was legit, you know. So anyway, yeah. But then your actual main event of the night oh. is a fairly long interview between Vince McMahon and Bret Hart. That's the oh, last yeah. segment of the night. Yeah, I remember this kind of being a thing for a while. It was like, I think it was because publicly the word started getting out to even like not even the most inside of fans that Vince McMahon was the owner of the company yeah like you know because he was in all the newspaper articles when they would get mentioned whether yeah. it was good or bad mostly bad at this time but like it this kind of started with from what I remember and I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong but I remember that long sit down he did with Hulk Hogan mm. prior to Wrestlemania 8 it's like, this could be the last time that Hulk yeah. Hogan wrestles. And he's sitting down. It's like a Bob Costas interview that yeah. he does with Hulk Hogan. So it's kind of like that. Every time he get to like a match that he'd want to like extra promote, they would have the long Vince McMahon sit down. Sure. In a, a formal or informal setting. Yeah, this was very informal. Yeah. So, and I can't even tell. I, I'm assuming, I'm going to guess that they're at Vince's place and not Brett's place. But they had the same kind of spread. Like the... The Hart House had a lot of acres to it. Yeah. So this could have easily been there, but I'm, I'm going to guess this was at Vince's place. <laughs> yeah, it, quite possibly, probably. Yeah. Because they were sitting out in the grass on the side of this hill. Yeah. And Vince McMahon had a very nice jacket on. And <laughs> Bret Hart had the coolest cowboy boots I've ever seen. I was like saying, bright blue and white, and yeah. I'm only being half sarcastic. No, I think they're <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. And, and I, the first thing I thought of when I saw these boots... Yeah, we're not going to talk about the interview because it's not really a great <laughs> interview, honestly. Brett, once again, kind of gets the not-the-greatest-talker because he's kind of not... He has sometimes he's had his yeah, moments. When he talks about himself and what he can do and his friends and his family... It's interesting and it's good, but then when you can tell that Vince is trying to lead him to say things, yeah. that's when it gets kind of like, okay, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's clearly prodding him to get to the thing that yeah. he wants that sound bite so Vince is going to make sure that he gets to it. Yeah, Brett is way better in realism. Yeah. Not so much in fake hatred. Sure. 
Uh, so there, a lot of it's that. But, I think that's one of the things I really liked about him when I was well, always even now. He's always he's real, and you can tell like yeah, he's not. He wasn't one of those guys in this time of clowns and repo men and everything else. And the Hulkster brother, yeah, doing the same promo yeah. every time. Bret Hart was a guy. Yeah, I like that. And at least he did put himself over in that respect yeah. as an everyman. As a fighting champion, yeah. I like that Vince kind of once again stuck it to guys that used to have the title, yeah, that right. weren't workhorses. Uh, so there's that. But I got to get back to the boots. Yeah. The first thing I thought of when I saw those boots is I I saw the blue blazer. Like I thought yeah, this yeah. was like a tribute to Owen or something yeah, because be. it was the same exact shade of blue, and that front thing it's almost kind of a like a bird hawk looking thing on the front of it like sure. it kind of has that symbolism to yeah, it yeah. like I thought that's what it was maybe I was like did the Blazer ever wear cowboy boots we were like speculating I, like, I don't think so it was probably closer to tennis shoe boots I, I don't think you can do what he does in cowboy boots yeah so but that's the first thing I thought of like maybe it's like some sort of fan made thing and yeah, and someone gave it to Owen and Owen's like these don't fit me they can fit you Brent like right. that that's the scenario that I see here yeah, so. yeah maybe but that, that's the highlight of this entire closing interview thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just talked about his match with Davey Boy, or the British Bulldog at the time, and yeah. um, Flair, he talked about fighting Flair, so yeah. it went on for a long time, and then of yeah. course he talked about his upcoming match with Shawn Michaels. So. Yeah, so... That was about it. <laughs> yeah. End of the show was just, it was Paul Bearer and Undertaker one more time. Undertaker closed the coffin on us as the show ended. And that was the end of Survivor Series Showdown. But it was not the end of the wrestling. Yeah. So the thing about it being on... Sorry. Oh, that's okay. So yeah, the thing about this being on the network and what makes it unique is the fact that they had a lot of extra footage in the can from that show they recorded out there in springfield so we're gonna get to see it on here which is is kind of i know they do this on some of the isolated matches like uh you know here's brock lesnar's raw tryout you know and here's here's bobby Roode on velocity you know they're usually time stamped with little time codes at the bottom with no commentary and you know so that's what we're gonna get we're gonna get the rest of the show kind of the sporadic matches that were inserted throughout some of the matches that did make it on TV because yeah. I noticed I was watching the time yeah I could tell where they were in the show kind between of between like seven something and ten something was yeah. like the range of the matches yeah, yeah. so it was like a probably three to four hour house kind of thing basically yeah. and it makes it look like they have no roster <laughs> like like yeah. it's like people work twice yeah. like at least two people work twice here. yeah so let's let's get into the matches I don't have a whole lot to say about any of these matches, but let, let's break it down a little bit. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I'll, we'll get through the matches and we'll talk about like how I feel about this stuff or how we both do. But yes, it was clearly a VHS feed because as, we, as it started, because the show ends like normal and it fades to black, but then it just comes up. And then it's, you see, like you said, they see the time code, but you also see the tracking go in and out for the first few <laughs> seconds. And you're like, tracking, please. Yeah. If you've never used a VHS player, oh. you kids out there, then oh. yeah. So sorry. <laughs> the tracking, you would have to like turn either turn the dial on the really old ones or use the button up and down, and it would never stay exactly where you wanted it. But yeah. it did finally kind of get pretty good. But yeah, it was a VHS feed, which yeah. I thought was cool. And we were treated to a long shot. Like one angle, the whole rest of the way. Some basically. of them, not some of them were filmed for TV, 
it looked like. The one or two, I don't remember which one, I couldn't tell you. But then most of them were like just the wide cam and it would kind of zoom in maybe sometimes. Sometimes they would go out of the ring and you couldn't see what was happening until they did, oh wait, the guy asleep yeah. in the booth was like, oh wait, I gotta move it over. But at least one of these was filmed like it was for TV because they were close-ups. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right, I recall yeah. right now. Uh, but the first matchup, the first dark match of the night was Nails, who was talked about on the program, but we did not see him because mm. they were building up to Nails versus Big Boss Man at Survivor Series. Nails fights Big Boss Man yeah. Yeah, this in this is show. Very, yeah. This is very house show because yeah. you get the main event type matches yeah. and, you know, it's just something to have on the show. Yeah. People paid money to be here. So yeah. give them a few things. Give right. them some carrots here. So right. this was definitely one of them at the time. Is this a I carrot? Mean, uh, I wanted to see the match at the time yeah. because they did their job as far yeah. as building up the feud. Nails was never fun to watch in the ring. Yeah. Like, for me, no. He was a total stiff. Uh, not a fan. Big, big boss man fan. I guess I did that yeah. double thing there. Yes. But, yeah, I like the boss man a lot. So I never really got to see this matchup because I still haven't seen the Survivor Series in question. Oh, wow. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. So at some point I'll get to see that nightstick on a pole match. Oh, yeah. Uh, but until then we just have a regular one-on-one match. Yeah, nightstick was involved in this match, though. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So. It was, I mean, with any of these matches, of course, if you have a big match in a house show, it well, I, would, I should say in a house show it could go either way. Yeah. It, a big match if something isn't necessarily on the line because you get title matches all the time in house shows yeah but i mean they usually go either dq or the champ just wins yeah but uh in this one there wasn't necessarily anything on the line but i don't think that they necessarily wanted to pay anything off yeah because why would you yeah so you kind of know that the endings of a lot of these aren't going to be so great yeah, yeah, I, I don't remember liking any of the finishes from this point out. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, it was it was fine for what it was. The finish of this first one, Nails vs. Boss Man, did kind of hurt the rest of the match. But, we did see something interesting right after that. Oh, yeah! Is this my favorite thing of the night that uh, I was telling I you? I think so, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, let's talk about this. So, Mean Gene Okerlund, it, it, it was weird because we know this is like, it's basically a house show that we're watching. Yeah. And Mean Gene is out in the crowd and he has a microphone and he's talking and it's like, what is happening? Like, yeah. why are they doing this for, for like TV? Like, they're recording this and he's facing yeah. like the television side. And he introduces Jimmy Garvin. Yeah, Jimmy Jam is in the WWF. I have never seen this before in my life. Yeah. I mean, Maybe it's possible, and this is probably true, that he got some shots, you know, in the early 80s or mid-80s in yeah. some of these shows, like a garden show or something like that. But I never knew this happened, and I'm super excited to see him, because yeah. I did not expect this at all. Yeah. So this immediately led me, as soon as the segment was over, which I think it's actually important to talk about the segment as a yeah. whole, it led me into going to look up, like, okay, I need to find out about this. Yeah. like. Was this a one-off thing, or was this intended to maybe be something down the road? And I can't even tell at this point if they're bringing him in to be a wrestler or be, you know, like maybe one of the new heel commentators. Yeah. And basically, like, this was his tryout, mm. and nothing came out of it. So he didn't get signed after this. Yeah. This was his one shot. And the thing that really stinks is they never really got that television feedback as far as maybe what the fans that saw it that week yeah, thought sure. because of the nature of the card now. Yeah. So at this point, it's still Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage yeah. against Flair and Razor. And that's the main thing about this whole promo. Yeah. So 
Jimmy's going to go up there and he's going to run down all of the baby faces and build up all the heels as his buddies yeah. and saying these guys are just better. I'm sorry, that's the truth. Yeah. By the way, Jimmy is totally charismatic. Yeah. He's actually connecting with the crowd because at the beginning he gets them on their side because yeah. there's some people that obviously recognize him. Sure. And they they appreciate him whether he was the heel free bird or the baby face from the late 80s. Yeah. And so he, he gets them right off the bat. Yeah. But then he also gets them to turn against him as soon as he yeah. like runs down. So he, I think, and maybe I'm biased, I'm a Jimmy Garvin fan. He did a great job here. He really went over the top with his scenarios. I'll, I'll grant you yeah, that. Yeah. But he, he probably was just improvising, to be honest. It felt like it. Yeah. It really, it very much felt like it. And it felt like that they, Gene and Jimmy didn't really prepare anything. Yeah. Jimmy was, felt like he was trying to throw Mean Gene off. And it yeah. seemed to work sometimes. He did. Gene looked a little pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could see him, he was trying to talk, and Jimmy kind of cut him off. Yeah. And you see that look on Gene's face. It's yeah. like he wants to say something, but he's yeah. just holding the mic. Yeah, even though the segment ended awkwardly, like yeah. Gene kind of giving him the, the cane just, to get yeah, on the stage. just kind of like shoot him away. Yeah, but I think it kind of worked. It <laughs> does, like, yeah. So. It's, it's a different kind of feeling, but it did feel a lot like it wasn't super prepared, which is fine. Yeah. I don't have any problem with that, yeah. and I, I prefer like guys that can ad-lib are usually a lot better than like just coming up with some script behind uh, backstage. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, he, he was talking about stuff that wasn't happening anymore because he's talked about the ultimate maniacs he talked about sherry with uh sean yeah and um, that was over at that yeah, point too so so it's yeah. unfortunate and like yeah. who do we get instead we get rio rogers later on <laughs> instead of jimmy garvin that is a miss that yeah. is a big swing yeah. and a miss i'm sorry but yeah yeah so yeah that that really uh woke me up and for <laughs> and for him to be there and not wrestle like i don't know it's it's weird but Maybe he was already thinking about like maybe, maybe. I could be a commentator. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I don't know what their plans were sure. for him, but he definitely still could have wrestled at this point. So yeah, I, yeah I just don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. Speaking of wrestling, the <laughs> next matchup was one of two WWF title matches. Yeah. So we got to see the Mountie with Jimmy Hart versus Bret Hart for the WWF title. Yeah, and this match is proof positive that the Mountie, as a singles wrestler, mm-hmm. his uh, Jacques Rougeau, his mm-hmm. stock had completely dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of this year, he was the Intercontinental Champ. Wow. You know, he beat Bret Hart for the Intercontinental wow. title. And apparently they had to apologize to the fans for that so much because <laughs> it was apparently at a house show oh. and Bret had the flu and every mm. other excuse in the world. But the Mountie was the IC champ going yeah. into this year. Then he turned around and had a fun match at the Rumble with Piper. Yeah. So he was still pretty damn red yeah. hot. And, man, I remember when he debuted and yeah. it was just like, yeah. oh, he was the most despicable yeah, MF. I, I hated the Mountie like, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. And then, like, it, it went from the the shock stick to, like, the super shock stick that looked like a metal detector was attached <laughs> right. to this thing. Oh, it was, it was insane. But, yeah, at this point... You see this, and like I said, I, I realize this is a dark match. Yeah. Uh, basically at a house show. Yeah. Brett beats him in two moves. Yeah. It's like he punches him in a German suplex. <laughs> yeah, with a bridge, bada yeah. bing, it's done. And so, yeah, even if I didn't actually realize at the time, I'm like, well, I guess Pierre's about to show up and the Quebecers are about yeah. to be a thing. Because, I mean, there's no other way around this. Like, even at a house show, like... You can't win the the fans back in believability after something like that. Yeah. And I guarantee you that probably happened on more than one house show. 
Probably, yeah. Because that's what you do. So, yeah, it really stunk for him, but, hey, that's that's what happened. Yeah, it so. was, I mean, at the time, if I was in the house that night, I probably would have enjoyed it. Because I hated yeah. the Mountie and I love Brett. There's also that, too. Yeah. I, I'm tr- I should probably look at these with 92 goggles. Yeah. I'll really try in the future, I promise. <laughs> Good point, Chris. Next up is Virgil versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And this match was weird i don't really even now remember i remember how it ended but i don't remember i don't know what happened to yeah. end it it was weird yeah it's one of those things where the finish can just erase any memory you had yeah. of it maybe i saw a cool move here and there yeah it just doesn't matter now because yeah. it's a match that probably would have been intended to air originally yeah maybe uh, and it didn't because the finish was absolutely awful no clue as to why they called it this way. Yeah. Who was refereeing? Mike Kyoto. It was Mike Kyoto. Yeah. And Mike Kyoto's great. Yeah. I mean, this is he probably was, early on in his career. Yeah, he was but, young in his career there. But, like, Bam Bam kind of shoves him a little bit after he throws Virgil out of the ring. I think he does, because the camera Maybe. follows Virgil, and you don't really see it. Yeah. But you can see after... So there's a disqualification, I think. <laughs> and I don't even remember yeah. hearing that specifically. Huh. But... Yeah, the match is over, and Bam Bam's pissed, yeah. and you can see Kyoto like, yelling at him, and yeah. he, it looks like he does the shoving motion. Yeah. So I'm assuming he, he pushed him or yeah. put his hands on him or something. I don't remember if Bam Bam had debuted on TV yet oh, at really? this point, or is this is kind of just the restart, so forgive me once again. I, once, not watching the shows now to the build up to these super yeah. shows is that, you know, like, since I'm not in this timeline, yeah. it kind of hurts, you know, me just throwing something out there. I apologize. But... It looks bad, regardless. This was just bad. Avoid this at all costs, because it's awkward, and yeah. nobody looks good. Yeah. You'll feel bad watching it. Let's just go with that. <laughs> well, you might feel good watching this next match. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. It was Razor Ramon versus Macho Man Randy Savage. I would have been really hyped up to see this at yeah. a house show. So, as we talked about that previous world title match, like I was like, okay, I need to look at it this way. And this is a matchup I'd really want to see. Yeah. I don't recall ever seeing these guys one-on-one ever. Oh, yeah. So this was my first chance to yeah. really see it. As far as like this era. Sure. There were Savage Scott Hall matches in WCW. Yeah. But I never saw this one. Yeah. So this was kind of cool to me. And you know, despite, like I said, the, the camera work not being all that great. Yeah. I still got the general idea of what the match was like. Well, yeah, but, I mean, we got the wide shot the whole time. But yeah. We just missed it when they went outside, like, that one time. Yeah, I was like, did he hit the axe handle? Yeah. I think he did, yeah, maybe. They were both down. Yeah. You assume he did. The crowd popped a little bit extra. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just, you know, another kind of house show-ish, awkward-ish kind of finish. The finish, but the, the everything else I really liked. Yeah. Because Razor went after Macho Man's leg early and kept on it and kept on it. So I, I, re- I did really like the match. Yeah, it's a shame. I kind of think that a pinfall would have been good for this because it wouldn't have hurt the tag match because yeah. it's a tag match. I think it would have been kind of cool if Razor had beat Savage by, you know, with his arm on the rope for leverage yeah. or even like uh, him pinning Savage with Savage's foot on the rope but the ref doesn't see it and he yeah. moves it out after yeah. the three count. Like something like that. Sure. Razor maybe should have won this match. And that would have been good heat for the tag match, you know, for everybody involved here. Yeah, Plus, but, no, but nobody saw the match. I, I realize, but like I said, you know, you're also hoping that this live crowd will buy your pay-per-view coming yeah. up. So if I saw Razor beat Macho Man that night by sort of dubious circumstances, I'd have been like, man, I want to see this pay-per-view so we can sure. get it back at him. Yeah. So 
I think that should have been the way they, they should have gone with it. It yeah. would have been huge for Razor, beating a two-time world champion yeah, at the for time. Sure. I mean, yeah, if that happened, I would have loved the match. As it stands, I like the match. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. As far as what we got throughout the rest of the show, it's one of the better matches for sure. Um, is it? Because the next match up was the other WWF title match, Papa Shango versus Brett, the Hitman Hart. Yeah. And I like I, this match. It was good. It, it was quite good, actually. And Papa Shango did a pretty good job. And at this point, we're at the very end of the night. You can kind of tell that the crowd, it's not that they're not into it. There's mm-hmm. a good amount of the crowd that's still pretty into it. The kids still have a ton of energy. I yeah. think the adults are kind of done here. Right. It, it does kind of seem that way. Yeah. But Papa Shango is such a good character, and he's so good at actually projecting at the crowd that I think he helped keep the people involved in it as well. Yeah. And Brett's Brett, and Brett is great. So, I'm, you know, he had a pretty good opponent this night. I remember seeing this on the Saturday Night's Main Event that led to the Survivor Series. So I already seen all that, but this was a you know an extended version of that match, yeah. and they did different things because I saw that other match a ton. I had it on tape. Yeah. So yeah, I like this match. No huge complaints at all, and we actually got a real finish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and Brent defended his damn title twice. That's a hell of a schedule. No shit, he's the most fighting champion of recent right. memory. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main event of the night, I guess. Oh, or that wasn't the main event. That wasn't the main event. The main oh. event was once again Nails has returned to the ring and he's facing Wait the man the man who is not apparently in the company anymore at this point by the time this show airs the ultimate warrior yeah and as soon as Nails got in the ring i even looked over at you said oh i know who his opponent is you looked at the cuz when we saw that there was another match you looked at the time code on the yeah. the app and it was like what 5 minutes maybe yeah so yeah. i was like oh i know who it is yeah. <laughs> Because we were like, because Mike McGurk was in the ring, and uh, I don't remember who refed either match, but the referee left, and we're like, okay, the show's over. Yeah. And But then another referee gets into the ring, and we're like, wait, what's <laughs> wait happening? A yeah, because I thought they were just going to show the crowd filing out, because it's yeah. file footage. Yeah. I just thought they forgot, forgot to turn it off yeah. when they loaded it up to the network. Yeah. But no, yeah, we got Ultimate Warrior yeah. nails. <laughs> so Ultimate Warrior goes through the motions, and yeah. Oh, man, I, I tell you what, like... When you hear, and I know that it's the other thing, uh, more so this time around, it's a little bit of both. Okay, with Warrior, it's public knowledge. He was using steroids at the time, and he was a guy that would hold out for a lot of money. Yeah. When you see a batch like this, he was basically stealing. <laughs> like, he's stealing money at this point oh, from the company. I mean, like, you know, this doesn't do anything. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure some of the kids liked it. It's but, what he's there for. But, he's, like... Yeah. Warrior stock has dived so much yeah. in the last two years of it until this point, and he still gets to go out there and have a nothing match. Yeah. It's just it's amazing what that kind of like celebrity can do yeah. in that in yeah. that business like just selling merch gets you into a certain position. He sold yeah. a ton of it, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean we all had warrior yeah. gear. Had yeah. a warrior uh, I have an Ultimate Warrior teddy bear still. Oh. I have the Ultimate Warrior fanny pack. Yeah. I had a t-shirt. So yeah. Did you have the tapestry? Uh, no, I had the Hulk Hogan tapestry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I always wanted the Warrior tapestry. I yeah. never got it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, this this match sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nails and it's the Warrior. What yeah. do you want? I mean, like, and here's the other thing. Nails is like, what? What do you think about 3.30? Something yeah, like that? Probably, yeah, yeah. He's with, a tall guy. And no yeah. press slam. You get... You get a shoulder block and a splash, and yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, that's it. A couple of clotheslines. Yeah, the honky tonk man uh, match was better. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Less moves, better match. 
True. Wow. Less yeah. is more, I guess, Chris. I guess so, yeah. So that was the end of the night. Uh, I, you know, it was interesting. I enjoyed the fact that WWE put on the network these matches. I like that fact because I like, I'm a completionist in everything, um, especially pro wrestling. And like, if I can't see every match on a show, I almost don't want to watch it sometimes. Yeah. Like the entire thing. And I don't necessarily consider dark matches necessity for all shows, but if they are available, I want to see them. So yeah. that's, I thought that was really cool. I, on principle, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you anyway, Chris. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I don't like the show. I wouldn't recommend it at all, None except for maybe maybe a couple of spots, which right. we'll talk about in the rankings. Right. But, once again, I'm still glad it's on the network. Yeah. I wouldn't want to erase it off the network right. or out of existence completely. I'm glad the tape didn't get lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool that it's there, but... I don't like the show. <laughs> I like it as a preview for Survivor Series because I don't remember what's on this Survivor Series from years ago that yeah. I don't know that I've maybe seen yeah. once. But watching this show makes me want to see it because I want to yeah. see that tag match. Yeah. I want to see Kamala versus Undertaker. I yeah, want to yeah, see yeah. High Energy versus the Head Shrinkers. Yeah. So it did its job. Yeah. So I would recommend it. Even if you just want to watch Survivor Series, I would recommend watching at least the the, television. the main portion of the... Yeah, the television, the aired portion of this show on the network. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't ever touch the dark matches, I mean, that's fine. you got to be a super hardcore nerd to want to do that anyway, For sure. which is why I'm sitting in this chair. <laughs> that's why you're listening yeah. also. So, But we also have to be honest. As yeah. uh, broadcast journalists, sure. we have to, uh, or at least I, I consider myself to be one. I don't, if like, I may play the I don't like using that term because Michael Cole has tainted it. Ooh, yeah. Well, he's, uh, okay. The less we talk about Michael Cole, the better. Why did you have to do that, Chris? I was already in a bad mood. Sorry. Let's get to the rankings. All right, coming in at... There are 12 matches. Oof. 12 matches all totaled up. All right, coming in at the bottom of the barrel, Virgil versus Bam Bam Bigelow because there was no finish. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to talk too much. Just keep going. All right. Uh, coming... It's interesting. When we get to the end of this ranking, I just noticed something that I'll mention, but I'll save that for later. That's a tease for like a minute from now. Okay. Coming in right above that at number 11 is the Mountie versus Bret Hart for the WWF title. Two moves are better than a non-finish. Y- yes, they are. And at one point, I thought it would be just fun to do it for the bit. Yeah. Bret Hart, at one point, was at the bottom of the ranking here. Yeah, yeah. Because that took place prior to the one we right, just it was mentioned. Right, Bret Hart, for the first time ever, almost made worst match of the night. Yeah. But it didn't happen maybe, still. Maybe. Somehow, fate stepped in. <laughs> yeah. Mike Kyoto stepped in. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> something. He stepped in something. <laughs> right. Coming in at number 10 is uh, it's Kamala versus Red Tyler. Rest in peace, Kamala. Yeah. That's all I gotta say about well, that. Well, I'd love to put it higher, but the match is just kind of... I know it's the gimmick, but it was also just kind of like, oh, alright, well, like, let's go ahead and move on to something else. Yeah. I blame Red Tyler. I do too. <laughs> Damn you, Red Tyler. Coming in at number nine is Big Boss Man versus Barry Horowitz. Yeah, Cause, that sounds about right. Barry Horowitz. Yeah. Coming in at number eight is The Head Shrinkers versus... I don't know. Yeah, the two guys. Best squash match of the night. Yes. (laughs) Coming in at number seven is the main event of the night, Nails versus the Ultimate Warrior. I'm surprised it landed that high, actually. Yeah, that that doesn't seem right to me either, but let's go with it. Why not? (laughs) We already did this. We're not changing it. Coming in, back-to-back Nails matches. Number six, Nails versus the Big Boss Man. (laughs) 
Well, that's just oh, strictly based on the boss. I just thing. said back-to-back nails matches, and I Ooh. shuddered. Yeah, see, once again, there's no reason to watch this show. Say that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Coming in at number five is the opening match of the night. It was the Repo Man versus Tatanka. If if I have a line on this show, this is where it is. Yeah, and plus the the commentary. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Heenan and Gorilla once again. Yes. Coming in at number four, the second match of the night: Brooklyn Brawler versus Marty Jannetty. Okay, another fine match. Yeah. yeah. Coming in at number three, IRS versus Earthquake. Good match. Yes. Yeah, butthead and all. Butthead, yes. Coming in at number two, Razor Ramon versus Macho Man, Randy Savage. Yeah. Another good match. Yeah, and they never really stopped down too much. Like, uh, there was a little bit of a rest hold at one point, but yeah. it was a decently fast-paced match, so I yeah, liked it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I always, I'm a sucker for, like, in uh, submission psychology, and that's yeah. what Razor, even though he didn't really ever go for submissions, he was working on the leg the whole time. Yeah, he so. worked on the leg because he liked to do that half crab, but yeah. he was also... doing it that much in the match, yeah. though. I guess he did. Some good head stuff, too, but you want to work on the head for the razor's edge, you know, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff, too. So, anyway, coming in at number one, that only leaves Bret Hart versus Papa Shango, WWF title. Good what match, a, I liked it a lot. Yeah, what a comeback for Bret in the yeah, match yeah. ranking. So, so the interesting note that I had was that yes, it was almost bookended Bret Hart matches this close to it, but it was bookended dark matches. The top two and the bottom two matches were from the dark matches segment of the night oh. so I don't know what that says about their like programming ideas yeah. they're just kind of putting middling matches that aren't great but aren't terrible either yeah. and I'm wondering if they even cut a few extra things out of this because I was mentioning to you while we were watching this like the way I've seen house shows done before is that at least if Brett's going to have two matches yeah. one of those has to be a surprise so either the Mountie challenges him at some point during the show, or Papa Shango challenges him at some point during the show, only one of those matches are advertised. So you, yeah. I was assuming that at some point somebody gets up there and challenges Brett, like even just on the ramp, you Maybe. know, like the entrance area. But it's not a house show. These are dark matches sure. at a taping. Right, I understand that, but for the dark match aspect of the other half of yeah, the show, like that would have had to have happened, so I, I kind of wonder who challenged who that night, because mm-hmm. that definitely would have had to happen. That, that's yeah, just, maybe. That, that's a theory, but I think it's a pretty strong theory. <laughs> it's so. a good theory. Right, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right, well, that about wraps it up for this. If you have any suggestions... You can go cnjradio.com, which has our Facebook and our Twitter linked from there. And, of course, also on cnjradio.com are all of our CNJ Radio family of podcasts. Uh, yeah, let us know what you want to request for one of these Back to the Future Retro Review Super Show editions. Yeah. Can I limit them to super cards and pay-per-views, Chris, or should or do television episodes? There's, there's no limit. To no limit? Thing. You're you're not putting a cap on this? I'm not oh my god. A cap. It can it's be... gonna be anarchy. I will put I'll put a cap on it. Okay. Nothing from CZW. Oh yeah, well yeah. Who would want to track that <laughs> stuff down? I, I realize some good wrestlers came from there. Yeah. But I I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna watch it. I, I'm, I'm adding one of my own if, too J, if, JCP also not, okay, yeah. Yeah. if you request either of those we will do a review JCW excuse yeah. me if, if you do either one of those and want to request one of those go ahead we will review it it'll be about 30 seconds yeah it stinks it stinks alright love I, I need to get back to the past alright bye <laughs> Welcome to our stage this week, Jimmy Garvin. Let me ask you something. Are you people ready for the Survivor Series? Yes. 
Well, as a matter of fact, that's the reason. You get a little excited sometimes. You're going to have to use the security support. The third door right down the hall. Now, the point that I wanted to make, I wanted to get you out here this week because I would like to get your insight, your predictions on the Survivor Series. So many great matches are going to be part of that extravaganza. Well, there's no doubt about that, Mean Gene, but the fact is this. Are we still going out after the Survivor Series? Well, what are you talking That's about? question number one. Question number two, did your girlfriend get her driver's license yet? Now, wait a minute, I'm a family man. I'm not going to take yeah, those, yeah. those insults sorry, from you. Sorry, Gene. What are you, you think I just got off the turnip truck, pal? You think these people are going to buy that for a minute? We don't care what they buy. I care what they think. Well, I don't care what they think. Wait a minute, why don't you go back here and talk? I've got officials, Jack Cunningham.